future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Welcome, welcome to the show. It is Friday, February 4th, 2022. Welcome to Raging Chickens Out the Coop Podcast. Yes, it is our Friday's politics roundup, and this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Each week, we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. And this week, I welcome guest host Amy Connect to the show. Welcome, Amy. Woo! Hi. <laughs> you can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can also help out the show by heading on over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. Now, for today's show, the bulk of today's show, Amy and I are going to be talking about right-wing organizing in Bucks County. In particular, in particular, I can't get those words out, we'll be focusing on Andy Meehan's Right for Bucks. Now, Meehan has built a well-organized, well-funded, and growing organization bent on taking control of the Bucks County Republican Party with a far-right America First agenda. And the lead-up to the 2022 midterms, uh, and emboldened by the raging culture war battles in local, regional, and national school boards, Right for Bucks is front and center in the America First election conspiracy Trump cult. But I think we're going to be surprised what it's actually like inside Right for Bucks organizing meetings. How do we know? Well, this week, Amy attended a public Right for Bucks Zoom event, and she's going to take us inside that meeting and let us know why we've got our work cut out for us. So do not miss this one, folks. And we'll also give you a little bit of a taste of a show that Amy and I have got cooking up for her next guest hosting appearance in a couple of weeks. Um, but we'll just leave that out as a little teaser for now. We'll come back to it a little bit later in the show. So a few headlines before we jumped into it. It's official. More than 900,000 people have now died of COVID in the United States. 100,000 people have died just since December 13th, 2021. Yeah, so much for uh, Omicron being, ah, it's mild, it's nothing. Just like a cold. 100,000 people since December 13th. And as expected, the highest death rates are occurring in states with lower vaccination rates and minimal COVID mitigation, mitigation efforts. Pennsylvania has the fifth highest death rate in the country, according to a NBC News analysis. The United States turns to assassination again in its never-ending war on terror. Biden announced yesterday that a U.S. raid on Abu Ibrahim al-Hashami al Quarry she's I'm sorry, I'm butchering that name. That's unfortunate in his home. Well, that that raid led to his death. And early reports say that at least 13 people, including six children and four women, were also killed. Now, it's uh, the U.S. government is kind of suggesting that the reason why those civilians were killed had to do with the suicide bomb that was let off by Ibrahim. Um, however, there's at this point, it's a little bit early in the thing to know exactly how um, those civilian deaths happened. A new study shows that as of 2015, the world's richest 10% now account for nearly half of all global carbon emissions, and that is up 15% from the previous study released in 2010. According to the study's author, Amy Ambrose, quote, 
In many ways, the rich are being largely insulated from the spike in energy cost. But addressing ex excessive personal consumption is something that isn't on the agenda for the government and policymakers. This is bad news for the planet and our prospects of reaching net zero. I think like a little doom and gloom to get the weekend off, right? Staff at an elite Democratic consulting firm called Inside Authentic are in revolt over being asked to work on Senator Kirsten Sinema's projects. One staffer told Political, Politico, I'm doing the devil's work. Now the unionized staffers are pushing back. Taylor Billings, the organizing director for the Campaign Workers Guild, told Politico, quote, the authentic union views Senator Sinema's recent actions to block voting rights legislation as an affront to their company's values, which they're proud of and committed to upholding. Nice to see a little union pushback. One more reason to get a union in your workplace. Gotta love that. <laughs> more, more, more. In other news, uh, Valerie Arcouche, this was just breaking this morning. Uh, Amy kind of alerted this one to me. Uh, Valerie Arcouche drops out of the PA Senate race, right? Um, she was the only woman in the race. And uh, as the article in the Inquirer points out, Pennsylvania ranks in the bottom half of states for gender representation in politics. The state has never elected a female U.S. Senator or governor. There are four women, all Democrats in congressional delegation of 18, up from zero women before the 2018 elections. And the state legislature is about 26% female. There you go. And yet another no-knock warrant leads to the killing of a black man by police. Minnesota police killed Amir Locke, who was not named in any police warrant, but was in legal possession of a handgun for protection. Locke was asleep at the time. He was woken up by police and killed. Facebook loses users for the first time in its 18-year history. Over 500,000 users left the platform over the past three months, while King Zuckerberg says it's because of competition and a new focus on the Metaverse virtual world project because the real world's not good enough. Others suggest it might have something to do with the recent rev revelations from whistleblowers about Facebook's abusive practices and violations of privacy. Yeah, I think that's probably it. And NASA announced that it will crash the International Space Station into the Pacific Ocean in 2031. Yep, that will bring an end to one of the most successful orbital scientific research endeavors in history. And as expected, NASA will turn over space to the galactic capitalists for future orbital science. Hey, gotta clear the way for privatization of space before the Artemis missions to the moon, right? Yep, gotta get that gas station going. Go BP. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, if you're looking for more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, you know, wherever you get your streams. And subscribe to his podcast, wherever you get your podcast. For everything happening at the Rick Smith Show, and I, frankly, I can't even keep up with it. So much is going on these days. Um, so much great stuff. Head on over to therigsmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And for those fans of the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, right? Yes, they are back from their break and have officially launched season two of the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. Yes, you can find it on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast rock the house, and they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And uh, I'm going to see, I want to start taking bets on uh, how long it's going to take um, with this kind of like no explanation hexes at the beginning of the program. I can't see it lasting. I'm sorry. I just can't see it lasting. Um, we'll see. <laughs>
And attention gamers, the Game Inn is a Quaker Town-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything from retro N64s, latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops. And they get kids, well, they get a discount with A's on the report cards. How can you beat that? You check them out on their Facebook page or follow them on Twitter at, at the Game Inn. That's with two N's at, at the Game Inn. If you got a question about a game, look for something hard to get, shoot them an email, drop them a message. Shoot them that email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. And a special shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at @songadayman. again with two N's, at @songadayman on Twitter. And hey, folks, look, if we want a progressive future, we need progressive media. Support Pull No Punch Homegrown Progressive Media today. Become a patron of Raging Chicken for as little as five bucks a month. Just head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress and choose your membership level. We're here for the fight and we need you. Become a patron for the price of a good beer once a month. Help keep the media in the movement, the movement in the media. Become a patron for as little as five bucks a month by going to patreon.com slash rcpress today. Well, Amy, welcome to the program. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, good morning. I'm glad to be here, too. I'm so psyched. So as we're sitting here, uh, we're kind of negotiating, uh, having to find out uh, if our kids are going to make it home safe from school with the impending ice storm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least, the, yeah, at least the news is happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I kind of figured when, when I, when I was checking out the news headlines this morning and then. I don't know, about an hour ago, I got the notice about early dismissal, and I'm like, oh, well, it's going to be one of those Fridays. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You got to love it. Well, it's, you know, I, I thought that, you know, I was going through, um, like I said, everybody's like, like really, uh, we're going to focus in on today on um, looking at right wing organizing in Bucks County. And um, when I was kind of looking for headlines for today, just to kind of put to, you know, kind of fill it out, I was looking for stuff in particular saying, well, okay, why do we need to pay, be paying attention to this so closely? Well, all these reasons, right? The climate crisis, out of control, killer police, right? Never ending wars, right? Um, you know, uh, consultant control over the Democratic Party, right? The lack of women representation in politics. I mean, you name it, right? I mean, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> it just keeps coming, man. It just keeps coming. It really does. And, you know, I have to say that at the beginning, um, when I was taken back by, I didn't realize how close we were to getting to that 900,000 um, kind of deaths in COVID. And I was just like, you know, I've just, it, it's it, obviously, I mean, you know, this as well as I do, and this has been such an issue in, in Bucks mm -hmm. County and the school boards and everything that it's, you know, you're dealing with it like hand-to-hand -hand combat every single freaking day. Um, and now you see, you know, here, you know, here's the numbers, right, nationwide, and finding out Pennsylvania is number five in rates of death. That's crazy. That's crazy. It really is. It really is. So um, let's let's just kind of uh, let's get set the stage a little bit for kind of our focus of today. So um, so we've we've been. I mean, as people know, you've been tuning into the show. You've been on this at any time. You know that we we've, we've followed Raging Chicken has followed kind of right wing extremism and white supremacist movements right for as long as we've been around. Um, uh -huh. and, um, Bucks County, um, of late is really kind of at the epicenter of a lot of this stuff. Um, and we saw this in the school boards and so on. Um, but we're also seeing that kind of the rise of, you know, really kind of extreme kind of right-wing politics in here. And one of the figures at the, at, the, 
at the center of all this really is uh, Andy Meehan, right? Um, Andy Meehan has, you know, he ran for himself in the past, but he's, you know, since established this organization called Right for Bucks. And, um, you know, while there may be some of you out there, some of the folks out there who are kind of familiar with the organization and stuff, um, we haven't really kind of dug down deep. But Amy, you, you decided to change that this week, right? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I've been doing, I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of research, um, you know, for school and then as well on my own time. Uh, and I, I, one of, one of the issues that I was really frustrated with uh, during the school board elections this past year was the, the democratic organization, right? Their framework of how they run things, um, which I found to be extremely lacking up in this area. It's not very well organized. Information is you kind of have to go really looking for it. Um, so I was I was curious because it always seems like the Republicans are always very well organized, and even these all right parties seem to have you know this this centralized bureaucracy. You know that local I think a lot of Democratic grassroots organizations are lacking. Right. Um, at least here, you know, we are not in a you know bastion of liberal you know liberal area or anything like that so um i uh, i decided to to check out andy meehan and one of his right for bucks zoom meetings um he advertises them they're public you can go on their facebook site there's links there to join um and he actively advertises he wants people to 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 join um, so I attended the meeting and they had a special guest. His name was Alex Eaton. He is one of the candidates who was running against Ryan Fitzpatrick um, for the uh, the first congressional district. Yeah, excellent. And so, you know, here's here's one of the things that's really interesting. And the, the, the kind of the the scuttlebutt around Andy Meehan for a while, right, kind of like an, kind of more on the insider circles has been um, kind of a, a couple fold like one. Uh, there was always these tensions between uh, the, you know, the leadership of the Bucks County GOP and Andy Meehan. Andy Meehan is cl mm -hmm. he's clearly like in the Trump category. He's in the kind of the far right um, kind of organizing. He is of that that new breed of extremist politics that's coming out of the uh, Republican Party. At the same time, you know, because the Bucks County, the brand of the Bucks County Republicans had been, oh, they're the moderates and they're the reasonable Republicans and so on. Um, they decided for a while just to ignore him. Um, and But the thing was, they started running into this issue where when they needed people to go do door knocking, Andy Meehan's people were ready to go door knocking. And so they began to rely a, a little bit on his folks, right? And those folks organizing mm -hmm. on the far right to do a lot of the work of the Bucks, of Bucks County GOP. And in the meantime, Andy Meehan has been openly declaring war on the, like on the, on the Bucks County you know, Republican Party leadership, saying that we need to even move more far to the right. Um, and he is no friend of Brian Fitzpatrick, right? So this is kind of like, like a candidate coming out party in some ways, would you say, is kind of part of what the purpose oh. of that meeting was? <laughs> definitely definitely oh man that's funny that reminds me of one of those archaic southern southern what do they call those those debut balls i'm oh, probably like the, insulting oh, like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway they uh yes but it's it's basically what it is um so the zoom meetings uh i i don't know if he was featuring the other candidates this is the first one that i went to um i imagine that he he was and 
basically the gist of it was to invite the candidate on who all of these people there's three candidates um right now i believe i think three i think maybe hold on let me check there is uh carolyn avery alex enton uh bradley lanning and dasha pruitt um so there's all these candidates running um and they're all uh uh basically trying to get support from, uh, as Andy Meehan puts it, we the people. That's all he says, it's we the people. But this is an organization that's funded by the Right for Buck. So these candidates are being slotted by him. Um, and he makes it very clear that it doesn't even matter really which one of these candidates gets in, right? Because it's all about having that strongest person to go up against Fitzpatrick. Right. Um, and and he makes all of this very clear. So, but anyway, back to the uh, back to the candidate. He um, he he's uh, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm like looking for my stuff right here. No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> name is Alex that. Enton, right? Or is Enton or yeah. Enton? No, I think it's Enton. Enton. I think it is Enton. Yeah, he's a uh, 20. 28 year old residents of uh, Northampton County, um, which I believe he said he was in the uh, Council Rock School District. Um, let's see, he's a first generation immigrant. Um, and he one of the first things that he had said was that he is afraid that we are moving towards uh, a communist state, <laughs> because yeah. he knows he lived under one. Um, uh, he also was first thing coming out of his mouth too was talking about the tyrannical medical situation. Uh, in the country. Um, and one of the things that I did notice that what he was talking about is like he brought up um, a lot of really good points and why he was frustrated and why he decided to run. And then also why, um, you know, Meehan was supporting a guy like this or encouraging someone like him to run. Um, he's basically a megaphone for the all right for the for the Trumpers. Um, everything that he was stating is basically things that you're hearing from Tucker Carlson. Um, <laughs> You know, he's talking about, uh, you know, rhinos and that mainstream GOP isn't taking these people's claims seriously, right? Like they're not listening to them, that they're just in league with the Democrats. He calls right. it a uniparty, like this big over, over encompassing umbrella of just corporate politicians and that him, Enton and Meehan and other people like them are somehow going to be the saviors of the GOP. Right. And you can see this. I mean, right on the, the homepage of Right for Bucks, you can actually see like the the open kind of like disdain they have for the kind of like the establishment. Right. Getting stuff done. They have oh, this yeah. kind of like breakdown. Like on the one side, they say Right for Bucks and the Patriots. That's how they call it. Yeah. We support yeah. MAGA and the fight for America first populist agenda to preserve constitutional rights and civil liberties, to reduce the power and size of the, the government, take political stances on values and principles, broadly proclaim and um, promote conservatism and, and on and on. And then in the column to the to the right, they say Pat Poprick, uh, right? She is the head of the, the Bucks County GOP, says mm -hmm. Pat Poprick, Brian Fitzpatrick and the establishment, what do they do? Oppose the Trump agenda and appease the left, weaken constitutional rights and civil liberties, increase the power and size of government, take stances on the shifting sands of bipartisanship, right? It's, it's remarkable to see this kind of language, really. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the classic Republicans arguments against Democrats. And here you have this schism happening right within the Republican Party. You you do. And these guys are serious. And this isn't this isn't like a disorganized band of, of people just, you know, it, you heard about the one story um, about 
uh, a bunch of parents of a school board meeting, like declare their own school board. You know what I mean? Like something right. ridiculous. Right. And that's actually what I was kind of expecting <laughs> um, to, to walk into is in one of these meetings is to sit there and listen to this. And I, I wasn't. It's what they're well run. Um, Andy Meehan has a very well organized, very centralized framework. Um, it's easy to use. It's oh my gosh, like if I was a dissatisfact, like if I was a disaffected Republican, I I would probably gravitate towards something like that. And that's where I think the danger lies in because it didn't really matter the people that were attending the meeting. It didn't even really matter so much the candidate. The guy who was running really doesn't have qualifications for uh, Congress. I know that's kind of being thrown out the window recently. Right. Um, but besides that fact, it, what what it is 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 Meehan's agenda, right? Like, so he uses these meetings to recruit, um, and then they have these other. So these are these are all public, right? They're all public meetings anybody can attend, and then they have these other closed meetings that you have to be a member for or that you have to pay. So say on last Saturday, they had, um, or oh, I'm sorry, this Saturday and tomorrow, they're actually gonna be hosting a Bucks County Patriot Caucus Congressional Candidate Forum at the Bucks Club in Jameson. Now, and you know, that's a members only or you have to pay mm -hmm. uh, uh, to attend, but it's gonna be a meet and greet with all of the candidates. And this is, this is stuff that, you know, you do see mainstream political parties doing. This is just local grassroots organization, but this is being executed in, in a way that it's really going to be giving the mainstream GOP uh, a run for their money. And I think that they're not they're not paying attention, um, just as in my own personal opinion, the Democrats aren't paying attention. Yeah. One of the things that struck that really struck me when you were describing when we, you and I were talking about this, you know, yesterday or the day before, I guess um, we were talking about um, about this meeting, you're kind of something like, you know, and I kept on thinking like, man, if you're somebody who's disaffected with your party, right, even mm -hmm. if you're not kind of super ideological, what it also sounded like is what Meehan is offering folks is a, is a place of belonging, right, and a place where things are going to get accomplished. Like, I remember you, you were you're talking about how he's really interested in saying, hey, listen, not only am I going to say, you know, this wasn't just this kind of like ideological kind of revival type thing, but it was basically saying to people said, no, we need to get involved and I'm going to help you do that. Right. To yeah. the point where there's yeah. really specific things that were not they were not crazy, but they were very accomplishable. Right. That we could do this. And here's how. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and he said that after see, after after the. um the the q a with the candidate he he was jumping he was saying you know for everybody to stay if they wanted to um they were going to be jumping right into another meeting and it was uh about this precinct well, precinct project of Meehan's, and it's basically him wanting to get enough people to run for these empty republican uh committee seats and he was spouting off numbers and stating that there's all these empty seats and you only need you know this amount of people to get in he breaks down the process um in such a manner any anybody can understand right you know there is no there there's no hierarchy you know, there's no pecking order almost when he's he's very inclusive. <laughs> and I'm almost I dare say that, um, you know, the process is incredibly democratic, like within of what they're doing. I'm not stating like outside of, of what they're standing for and what they're trying to do in the long run. But how their framework is, is it, they're trying to make sure that they include everybody as best as possible. 
Um, right. You know, so and that's something that they're stating the Republicans, the mainstream Republicans aren't doing, which is true. And it's the same issue that I think, you know, liberals and Democrats have been having. Exactly. You know, and it really does, you know, you really do see this, uh, you know, such a stark difference between that and and what we have in terms of our organizational infrastructure, like, and, you know, and, and also what I was going to say, the left, but I mean, like the broad kind of like, whether from centrist Democratic Party all the way to, you know, progressives on the left. I mean, that kind of like focused organization where that's really kind of open, that's not trying to be controlled or messaged in a particular way, but that is like, we're here for this shared purpose. And then we're all good. We're all in this together. And I'm going to show you how to do it. I mean, and I reckon, look, and I recognize 100% that this is like an authoritarian move, right? I mean, oh, yeah, oh, that, yeah, this that's, is. that's the irony of it, right? Is it because you give the illusion of inclusiveness and all that, but this is like yep. Andy Meehan's <laughs> project. Let's be clear about this, right? Um, and so and like whoever, you know, this guy, you know, if you look at um, the, this kind of Alec, Alex Enton, if you look at his web page, right, he says on there things like, in particular, the impossible, the impossible events of November 3rd and the string of institutional failures leading up to January 6th ignited me. I was tired of the political establishment and voted for a successful man who recognized where our country was headed and who was passionate about co um, correcting the course. Like many political disruptors before him, President Trump was rebuffed by the machine and removed prematurely right then later on says we have attended hours of board meetings school board meetings to vocalize our disdain with the tenets of critical race theory student mask requirements and anti-social and ineffective remote learning and sexually inappropriate books at our schools thank you for standing with me and our kids right i mean this is like <laughs> i mean this is yeah. kind of like the revolutionary authoritarians right are, are right here well it, it is i mean and 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 see and it <laughs> i'm <laughs> I mean, I was like I said, I was kind of expecting something different. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting what I what I got. Um, well, you know, I, at, I, at, like, I, the, yeah, sorry, like for the candidate, for like the candidate, I was expecting what I got for him. You know, for some of the people who were in attendance, I was expecting the viewpoint. I was anticipating, you know, the idea, um, the ideologies and stuff, and that's that was all in there. What I was not expecting was, like I said, just how well-oiled Meehan has this organization. He's smooth and he's slick and that makes him incredibly dangerous. You know, because he's not, he's not, he, you're right, he gives the illusion of inclusivity of these, of a democratic process, but when in reality, he's using the democratic process to institute, um, you know, authoritarianism and a more repressive legislature right like because that's what he wants he wants to get people in all of these empty seats he wants to flood pennsylvania um with with just people like him or and who believe like him exactly and i think that you know look i don't think it's unreasonable for most folks who you know are aren't you know paying attention to the like you know the nitty-gritty of these kind of organizations i think you know a, a lot of folks expectation would be you know like these meetings for right for bucks is going to be kind of similar to what you see at the school boards, people spouting off all this kind of crazy nonsense. And, you know, barring, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I barring the one woman, I guess, with the, with the Trump nutcracker. Um, but you know, <laughs> that, that, that was funny. I don't know. Yeah. There was a lady, she had, um, she was very proud. She was smiling the whole time. She was holding up a uh, uh, president, former president, Donald Trump nutcracker. <laughs> so I don't know for what purpose. 
um, but there it was. Um, but you know, and I think that, you know, I think for, for folks that kind of like in the middle or kind of lean democratic or involved with kind of say progressive politics, we, uh, some of the impressions we have of what happens in these organizations, it's, it's just a bunch of crazies, right? You know, that's like the, the language that you hear all the time. And for, for your description of this, and just like you, we were just saying that this was not at all that, right? This was something that like, I, I don't know. I keep on coming back to we got we really got our work cut out for us here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and it wasn't like I said, it, it wasn't. It was um, it, it's all of the so so the questions that were being asked the candidate. Right. So, for example, like we had there was questions about um, like one person asked about chemtrails, um, you know, and she said, you know, do you what do you see when you look up? <laughs> The comment. Um, the comment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then also, too, there was questions um, talking about, you know, how he feels about the Uniparty. Um, and let's see who should be responsible, uh, who is responsible for, you know, January 6th. Um, one lady asked what what should be done about the J6 political prisoners, <laughs> um, to which Enton had answered uh, that for probably about the fifth time um, that we, the people basically needed to find out what happened on January 6th and hold those people responsible. Um, he's very vague in his answers, um, but he also mentioned Trump's pardon and that the uh, quote unquote political prisoners uh, were being treated worse than the terrorists at Guantanamo Bay, which I sincerely doubt. Right. Um, but then there's also questions too that have to do with budgetary stuff, you know, um, this one lady was interested in the Fed's ability to pass, you know, budgets and stuff to which Enton gives a very Reagan-esque answer. And he talks about repealing programs and removing things that aren't necessary or that are wasteful and, you know, that kind of stuff, which basically is just code for we're going to cut social welfare programs. Right. Um, right. So, but then, like I said, there's, there's, there was, it was a bit of a mix. There was one guy, he kept asking about gun rights. He was all about, you know, where this guy stood on the second amendment rights. Um, there's, and then, but one of the crazier ones, uh, was this one woman was talking about banking. Um, there were, or it was a door, it was a man, I'm sorry. He was talking about banking and Enton had answered something about like, we needed to go back to a Jacksonian framework for banking. And I'm just like, what? Like, I'm not entirely sure where some of these answers were coming from, um, I but I is, have. Yeah, this is part of this, this this gold standard nonsense that he's talking about. I, I think it I think it might be. Um, but I mean, he's also talking about something, you know, from <laughs> over 100 years ago. So I can't imagine. Like, and that's the kind of stuff that's coming out. And and Meehan is just sitting there. He's encouraging this. And he's he 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 definitely believes in all of this stuff. And it's so normalized in the discussion like all of it all of it's normalized like violence is normalized um you know racism is normalized classism is normalized i mean even andy meehan he's talking about the dire need to fill these seats and and yet he's upset because of bylaws uh pennsylvania bylaws that state what is it that you have to have uh so many men and so many women for representation i mean he was adamant about how he felt that that was just absolutely ridiculous and that basically you know representation and committee seats has nothing to do like gender has nothing to do with that yeah in other words we should be able to fill it with all men if we want to 
right basically well and well and more even more so than that it's him stating that he and him like his group him they they just want to make up these rules as they go basically because he was right. actively right. telling people don't listen to the mainstream don't listen to the gop don't listen to those committee members you do what you want we are going to do what we want we are going to change everything and that's what he's trying to do he's trying to get from the inside and make those changes and this is a typical tactic used by authoritarian regimes right. um dictatorships they work within the system to, and then you know before you know it you have basically this hollow shell of any type of or, or that you know resemble it's 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 a hollow shell of what used to be a democratic process I, I think th this stuff, see, now, now I'm like, okay, now, now you got me really scared. <laughs> no, I mean, like, but I mean, not, not, I mean, not, not like, you know, scared, but I think what you just said is, is sobering, I think is just, is what I'd rather, how I'd rather frame it is because I think you're, you know, 100% right. And I said, as you were just going through that, what my, what my mind starts to think is like, if you're, what do you do if you're, say Brian Fitzpatrick running or what do you do if you're the 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 Bucks County GOP leadership here is that because like I, I think would you think it would be fair to say that this guy Enton right or one of these candidates is probably mm -hmm. not going to get the nomination in the Republican Party yeah right. <laughs> I would say that like I said I don't there's a bunch of them I don't really think it matters to be honest right and so and I think, I think that, these are hand-picked people yeah and I think that like they know like I think Meehan is you know, the guy is not dumb. Right. And no, so, no, not at all. Right. And so he knows that any of these candidates that are running through here are are it, it's a it's a it would be a real heavy lift for, to, for them to get the Republican nomination um, uh, away from Fitzpatrick. Right. But the plan is to primary him and they're going to go with their primary and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what happens after that? Right. So um, once, once Fitzpatrick <laughs> locks up the nomination, where do these people go? Well, and I think that's I think that's part of and, and like I said, I've been thinking about this all week since I since I was at the meeting. I and I believe that that's part of part of his plan. Part of the agenda of this is because he like I said, right after this candidate, this Q&A with with Alex Enton, you know, he moves right into it. Like there's not even a break. He moves right into this precinct project and about how like it's just so important to get these seats filled because he's already got people geared up, right? They're asking questions of the candidate, they're talking, they're being part of this group, you know, and this stuff is really simple. Like it's not, I, 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 I really, I really think that he's prepping um, and he's, he's moving his pieces, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the long term. because if they don't get the nomination, if they don't get anybody in power that they want, you know, well, now they got, you know, so many new seats filled, right? Like it's a process like politics. Right. The game is not fast. Often it's slow. It happens over the course of a few years. Sometimes you, you have to build up your base and that's what he's doing with right for bucks. And so it seems like to me, exactly what you said, right? So just to kind of put like a fine point on this. So you have people that you're mobilizing behind these candidates, right? They're getting riled up. They're, they're, they're showing up to these meetings, right? It wasn't like there was like five people there, right? It was a fairly well attended. Ah, uh, there was, I think there was roughly 38 to 40 people. People yeah. kept coming in and out. Yeah. That's a good size meeting, right? For folks to yeah. come out and you've got a oh, kind yeah. of a core group of people who are going to show up for this event. They're going to ask questions. They share a kind of framework. It's it, the other thing I was going to say too is it's remarkable how how you can see how far uh, right wing uh, 
um, kind of media has penetrated this conversation, you know, so that that they're all sharing that same the same reference points, even though if you're not familiar with what they are, it's like, what the hell are they talking about? You know? Yeah, that's remarkable. <laughs> but then, you know, so then it's like, OK, these people are worked up they're they're energized, they're behind a project, they're committed. And then their candidate is not going to get in and Fitzpatrick is going to get there and they're going to be pissed off. And all Meehan's got to do is say, OK, now this way, head on over for that county seat. You know why we don't get it? Because those people in power, that's why you have to run for a local election. That's why you yeah. have to get on these school boards. And these people immediately have an outlet for that frustration and anger. Right. They've got a practical oh, yeah. place to go. Well, and he listens like he he like yeah. I, I, he appears to be listening. He appears to be providing uh, a platform for where these people can voice their their concerns and and their their <laughs> propaganda and and whatever. I mean, and to be honest, some of the concerns are the same concerns that Democrats have, right? Politicians don't talk to you. They complained constantly that Fitzpatrick doesn't engage. And and it's not just these people who complain that Fitzpatrick doesn't engage, right? Like there's Democrats and liberals and there's people across all the spectrum who have this problem, right? And I think, you know, Fitzpatrick would be wise, I think, to engage because the hands-off policy by both parties has, I just think is is creating this massive dumpster fire. Yeah. You know, you, you have to talk to your constituents and, and that's what, Meehan is promoting, right? We the people. <laughs> yep. So it's it's they're just really taking, you know, normal democratic values and they're hollowing them out just to suit their own purpose, right? Like it's only inclusive within this group. Right. Well, and I, I think about this as a, as a contrast between kind of approaches to, to candidacies too as well. Like say, for example, we look at the like, uh, again, I'm not trying to knock any kind of Democratic Party candidate right now for uh, like for the seat in uh, Pennsylvania first. Right. Just, I'm just using this as an example is that uh, like the candidates and this has happened for the past several cycles, the candidates that come in, they come in like, you know, some of them are familiar with the area. Some of them are not familiar with the area. Some have spent yeah. some time here. Some of them have not. And they'll come in right around election time and or maybe like a year before election time and start to gear up for a particular campaign. Right. And then you're left afterwards with no really organic base. Right. And so then the process has to be rebuilt every single time. And I contrast that with if you look at the campaigns, this is back in it was it 2018 when you saw like Sarah Inamorato, Elizabeth Fiedler, Summer Lee, mm -hmm. uh, when they all won their elections. Right. And what mm -hmm. they have done and now what you see with Nikhil, uh, Nikhil Saval and you see with um, like the, the next round of progressive candidates that have won, they they if, the way that they've conducted their campaigns, it came out of community based organizing that was going on for years before that. Right. They had a base that they build up and Summer Lee in particular. And now she's running, you know, kind of she's running for um, for uh, the representative out there is that mm -hmm. she goes back and she openly says, I'm not here to play by the rules. I'm here to represent my constituents and organize. And then she is constantly going back into her community and helping organizing efforts in that community. Right. Because yeah. I think she's got a very good understanding of politics and such that you, you this is not a one shot deal. Right. Um, and that the current, you know, the existing Democratic Party framework has is just let's if I'm going to be generous, I'm going to say it's just not set up to do that. Right? No, they're, they're set up for single issues. Right. They really are set up for single issues when you I, <laughs> we try to throw another issue at them other than voting, you know, during the school board elections. And they 
just kind of didn't know how to deal with it, right? Like, because their normal tactics weren't working, like they had nobody to really, and then on top of it, like I said, they weren't listening. They just were like, no, 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 you, you, you don't really know, you know? So, and like I said, these are the same problems that, that people on the, on the, on the way right have too. like, like they're, they're all a lot of these same issues. It's just about how it's being executed. Um, and then the Republicans, um, and then the alt-right, they're go-getters. <laughs> right. They are, they are just really good about mobilizing, but then, you know, keeping that, that stable base. Right. And you're right. That's something that the Democrats, I feel like they, they really lack. I don't know why they're so afraid of it. I don't know why they're so afraid of enthusiasm and getting your base going because that's that's politics. Right. Right. I, I absolutely. So let, let me let me ask you this then. So I, I mean, well, first of all, I, before we before I kind of like transition a little bit to talk about kind of kind of where we go from here, other things from that meeting that you think are kind of oh. really important that stood out that 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 we should be talking about here. Oh uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, I mean. Oh, there was, I was writing a lot of stuff down. Um, I mean, just for like Enton himself, like he's a supporter of Jim Jordan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that kind of stuff. He was very, uh, he was very adamant not taking donations, um, from lobbyists and special interest groups. Uh, let's see. I don't know. He wanted to streamline the adoption process. He's pro-life. Like, I mean, he, like I said, he, he's a mega horn for, you know, the, the, cons- I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say, you know, Republican values because I don't really feel that they are in this case, you know, he's upset because Fitzpatrick voted for the equality act, you know, for in Pennsylvania right. or not in Pennsylvania, the equality act period. So, um, I said he was like open gun. Let's see trying to think one of my favorite there was there was there was a few oh yeah i mean there was i think one of the like i said probably the more alarming things is basically you know it isn't it's the misinformation just keeps getting bounced around right like the stuff about ivermectin and uh i don't know all those other hydra what did you say it was hydroxy hydroxychloroquine something yeah. yeah, like that, you know, I mean, and stuff, um, you know, the stuff with with vaccines and masking, I mean, it's all basically the same things that we've been hearing, you know, they're not going to ever raise taxes on, you know, the fossil fuel industry in Pennsylvania, um, Eaton declared that he loved American symbols, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. <laughs> he did not elaborate on what those symbols were, though. Wow. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just because uh, it was an answer to the question of what America first policies have you supported under 45? (laughs) Um, He said he wants to bring back uh, jobs, you know, so like I said, this is nothing. It's it's nothing new. It was just interesting to hear some of them. Um, At the end of the meeting, though, Andy Meehan started, like I said, he was going on and one of one of the things that he was talking about um, him and Enton is that basically, you know, America's failing. Like this was the, 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 the one, like, it was just like a common theme running out throughout the whole, the whole meeting, right? That America's failing. We need a return to common sense. Um, nobody wants the progressive left, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, they're tired of Biden forcing things on people. Like it, it's just, 
rhetoric and it's propaganda. <laughs> well, whatever, and it's and it really is extreme. And this is where I see, like, every, you know, kind of every ever since we we talked about the the first talk about the meeting after you had gone and we kind of running through this stuff. It, my my mind has just been kind of like weaving these connections between you see all the stuff that like Cyril has been uh, Cyril Michael uh, uh, has been covering in um, you know in his column the Bucks County Courier Times about say militias and the rise of this right-wing extremism and so on and you see this organization with Andy Meehan and you see that like here's all these connections are there there's all this mm-hmm. coded language and extremism. Like I was looking at this, like you, you mentioned this stuff about, you know, like medical freedom. So here's, this is what he says in his yeah. platform. He says, we decide if we want to take the experimental vaccine. That seems kind of like, okay, whatever. Then we decide if we want to wear a mask, right? This is what we're all familiar with. But then it starts, starts to say, we as parents decide what we put into our kids' bodies, not the government. And then the Nuremberg Code, which is supposed to protect us, needs to be enforced. Right. What, the Nuremberg Code? Nuremberg Code, right? The idea that ex- like you know, experimentation and like, you, uh, you know, I mean, the Nuremberg Code, like you cannot experiment on people and gas them to death, right? I mean, they, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's the, this is like, you know. <laughs> And you know that there's a there's a increasingly a group of people out there when they read that list of four things, right? They all make sense, right? The the connections mm-hmm. between all those things make sense. Let's also take a look at what he says here in education, right? He says, "We are constantly bombarded with slogans that we are a racist country. They keep forcing our kids to learn critical race theory, which is Marxist ideology that attempts to oh. destroy our society <laughs> and our country as a whole from within." He says, I have passionately um, involved my kids in the school district to remove any and all curriculum related to critical race theory, diversity, (laughs) equity and inclusion, as well as social and emotional learning. All of it relates to Marxist communist ideology. My family and I escape from the jaws of Marxism and communism, and I will not allow my or any other children to be taught in such a despicable way. Right. That's that's crazy. Now, then it goes on to that's say very strong language. Yeah. Listen to this one. Not only is it made to break up the nuclear family, but it is intent is to corrupt oh the gosh. innocence of children by exposing them to sexually inappropriate books. This criminal this is criminal because it borders on pedophilia and I will yeah. not stand for it. Right. I mean, it's like you get from like, OK, you know, maybe some people might have questions who are not paying very much attention to what actually critical race theory is or what actually it means to actually read widely, generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you can start, it, it, it has this structure, right? It starts off from things that some people might be able to buy into, even if that, and by the end, you're off. I mean, you're literally, you, you've de- defined the laws of gravity anymore when it comes to like you know, the grounding in reality. And it's like, it, uh, yeah. I, I, it, this is this is fear tactics. This is this is what it is. It's proper. This is like if, like you said, this is these are typical tactics, you know, for for propaganda. For I, I mean, I wish people would study history, actual history. I think a little bit more because and and basically what Enton is is stating is that for like the whole bit of critical race theory in our schools, we don't teach critical race theory in public education, right? That is what is it? It's a graduate. That law course, I believe. Yeah, it's a law. It's a it's um, a it's an area of law inquiry to law. Basically, try to understand how is it that once we've end official slavery and official Jim Crow, how is it that patterns and kind of systems of racism persist through our laws yeah. and our structures and our institutions? That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're they're talking. I mean, this guy basically is he's talking about children learning 
uh, about all the negative things about America in school, right? Like imperialism, slavery, um, and how that, you know, with the end of the Civil War did not bring the end of racist policies and discrimination and, and all of this kind of stuff. And these people, I don't, they just, they're, it just jumps to things and concepts and themes that can be discussed in a very appropriate manner in schools, right? Without having to make children feel ashamed either way or anything like they, it's really just fear. And I think a lot of it, <laughs> I mean, I keep coming back to just plain old racism, um, but it's, it's a lot of it's just misinformation, you know, but you can't compare, like, like you can't compare the wearing of a mask to the Holocaust, which well, is how they can compare, compare them, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean. which, is, which is how these comparisons are being made or about how yeah. learning about, you know, some of the not so nice things about American history is all of a sudden indoctrinating racist thoughts into people. Like, it's just so misconstrued, you know, and I could go on for hours about how it came to this point, right? Because right. our public education system has been hollowed out totally. for years, for years, um, you know, before this. So, but that's, that's for another show. So see, and this is why I want you to be on the show more. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, so everybody who likes what Amy is saying, let her know that she should be back here quite a bit. <laughs> um, and, and seriously, so let me, let, let's got to put it this way. Cause I mean, this is something that, you know, we're going to, you know, again, I think continue to circle back to um, this kind of organizing. So, I mean, if we switch, switch gears for a minute and just to say like, okay, like I said, this seems to be, say, we've got our work cut out for us, right? And what do you think this means in terms of the kind of, like, what we need to be doing on the ground in terms of, say, organizers and activists and community members that are, are not interested in kind of heading down the path of kind of right-wing extremism? I, I think people, first of all, and I would, you know, recommend this to anybody, pick up a book, pick up an article, you know, um, that's not biased, right? Like, or pick something up that you maybe normally wouldn't read, you know, like get out of your little comfort zone about information. Cause I think a lot of people have that problem and that's why they don't know about things going on. Um, you know, the other thing is too, is if you're, if you're nervous, if you don't like what you're hearing about this stuff, like there's, there's other options. There's plenty of Republican outfits, right. That are not for this type of stuff, right. They, they are not. And, and I know that there's been a couple articles recently. They're starting, I think some of the Bucks County Republicans are starting to kind of really get their gears going here with, you know, trying to be like, okay, we have to maybe put a stop to some of this or reach out to our people and be like, listen, you don't, you have other options. We're still going to be here for you. You don't have to go down this road of this extreme, this extreme behavior. Um, you know, but also to, I mean, get involved. I, 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 yeah. because that's what, that's what they're doing. You have to, you have to, even if it's just writing to your congressional members, writing to a representative. I mean, I know that sounds like it goes nowhere, um, or, or start your own Facebook group. There's so many options. I mean, you can get together with a group of people over a board game night and talk politics if you want. You know, you don't have to, but you can. Right. You can get to, you know, and you, you should reach out to people who have similar views. I mean, that's how we started working this up in this area, right? Like it was a small group of people, but we all share these similar views. We're all upset about what's going on. And we just kind of went from there with it, right? Going off of each other, um, you know, just trying to organize places where people can can get together and discuss things right because you need to engage and that's the most important thing and that's what Meehan is doing and if 
anybody's going to be able to fight back against this type of organization, you have to implement the same type of foundational organization, right? The same type of, of centralized um I, I hate the word bureaucracy, but that's what it is. Well, it's, a, it, it's an organization, right? I mean, it's, it, that's basically what, what, what I think, what I think, and I've, I've been, you know, again, this is some, a conversation I've had with several different people in different contexts um, up in Bucks County is like, you know, one of the things that I think what Meehan has right that we can learn from as a structure, right? And this, because, it's, you know, Meehan didn't invent this. This is kind of what you see in any kind of building of social movements is that yep. you, you're working kind of like, like countywide, right? And not even being exclusive there. Instead of it being something I'm working just in my town or just in my district or just in my little piece of this thing, is that you have a secondary organization which is built around movement politics, right? Which, yes, which goes exactly. across all of these things. Because, you know, because I mean, look, I mean, any social movement has always had to contest with the fact that, look, there are really specific institutional things so that things like, say, districts and, and you know, and, and all that, they matter when you're trying to get things done within that particular system. However, that is different than actually building an organization. And that really has to happen countywide. And I think that, you know, again, we've talked about this in the show before, too, is like, you know, looking mm -hmm. for those points of connection kind of among folks right here. And this is, again, one of my little contributions to this is to have more of these kind of, you know, Bucks County roundtables and things like on here, but also to build out those that that organizational structure that, you know, is, you know, gets us in Palisades and, you know, and, and Penridge and Council Rock and those folks all talking together about kind of where, where we where we can go with this. So. Crazy. No, definitely. And that's and that's one of the things that, like I said, I was most surprised with 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 the right for bucks was that, you know, it wasn't just this one little area. He's definitely has his his fingers in all of Bucks County. Like, that's what he wants, you know, and, and that's another issue, too, is that there's such a divide between lower bucks and upper bucks. Like we don't I don't see it's politicians weird. from lower bucks ever come up this way. And if they do, it's only once in a great while. Um, there's people up here. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, so, we're like, we're uh, like, we're here and we're like, help. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would, I mean, I would challenge Shapiro, you know, like how come he hasn't yep. jug his butt up this way? I went down to a meeting of his, I think he should be coming up to see constituents up here. 100%. And, and this is the type of, and this is the type of mind frame that, the people at the Zoom meeting for for Andy Meehan for the Right for Bucks, this is the same line of thinking that they were on at one point, right? Like, why don't they come talk to us? How come we can't get a hold of anybody? How come, you know, nobody seems yep. to listen? Um, and that's what leads to it. It's that apathetic, I'm just going to work. And I, it's an elitist view, you know, it's an elitist, I think, stance on the politicians, like that we're some, they're somehow better than the people. And it's, it, it's, um, but like I said, it's one of that's one of those driving forces that's that's mo motivating the other side. Yep. So absolutely. And it's the kind of thing, you know, look, and the, the failure where it comes to the Democratic Party, look, the power of the Democratic Party in this side of the Pennsylvania is in Philadelphia. So what what happens is that you get those folks from Philadelphia. That's where the base is. Say, well, we need to go to Bucks County. Well, we can just hop over the county line right over here. Right. And then we, we did our Bucks County thing. Right. They never kind of get up because they, they still see it within the sphere of kind of like the greater Philadelphia region, as opposed to seeing this as a kind of a distinct district and a distinct region. So, yeah, there we have it. 
Yeah. Well, well, listen. So this, I mean, this has been awesome. So let, let me take a we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to kind of uh, tease a little bit about some ideas what we had from uh, kind of an upcoming show, and I want to just make a quick mention of the space news of the week uh, because they're um, my poor ISS is going to be going down. So, uh, which means I got to get on that Lego building kit that I've got for that. There you <laughs> so, go. Whatever. So listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick last call, talk a little about some kind of upcoming ideas for a show, a little bit of space news, and then we'll be out of here. So this is Kevin. Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, we'll be back after this break. I want to remind you that you can help support this show by heading on over to patreon.com slash rcpress, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. This is Kevin Mahoney. We shall be right back. If I can get this thing to work, I will be right back after this quick break. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken Press. For the past seven years, Raging Chicken Press has brought pull-no-punches, progressive reporting and commentary to the interwebs. Our long-form investigative pieces, stories that no access journalist wants to touch, or rollicking weekly podcasts strive to advance progressive movements and perspectives rooted in the struggles happening across the country or down the street. We've broken national stories and caused our share of discomfort in the halls of power. If we want a progressive future, we need progressive media. And you can help support Pull No Punches, homegrown progressive media today. Become a member of Raging Chicken Press for as little as $5 a month. Simply go to patreon.com slash rcpress and choose your membership level. We need to make sure to keep the movement in the media and the media in the movement. Best way you can do that is to become a member of Raging Chicken today by going to patreon.com slash rcpress. Thank you for your energy, your encouragement, and your support. Keep up the fight. Uh, hey everybody! Sorry about this. My phone decided to go wild there for a second. I got to put this. <laughs> Suddenly started playing a podcast. My bad. Uh, I don't know how, even know how that happened. Anyways, this is Kevin Mahoney. Uh, welcome back here. Um, kind of with uh, Raging Chicken. I'm here once again with Amy Connect. She is our guest host for the today. We've been talking about right wing organizing in Bucks County, and. Um, Want to come back to kind of do a little kind of short last call, a uh, little space news, and then talk about something that uh, kind of came out of one of our uh, last shows that we're kind of mentioning. Uh, then Amy had some thoughts on, so we're going to have, be back on uh, with Amy uh, in a couple of weeks to talk a little bit more about this. Um, my big thing I just wanted to bring up on the space news thing is like this is kind of uh, – you know, uh, this whole idea that they are going they're going to crash the ISS, the International Space Station, into the um, Pacific Ocean in 2031. And now there, there's a bunch of stuff that goes goes into this. Like, number one, it's that um, the, the the ISS has already kind of exceeded its uh, at the time that it was supposed to be up there. It has been a. Um, a remarkable um, kind of, you know, achievement in terms of uh, kind of orbital science. Um, 
And so they keep on extending the life of it because it's doing okay. And, you know, there's questions about, you know, do they have to decommission it now? Is it necessary for safety reasons and all that kind of stuff? So there's that. The second thing, though, however, is that you notice there is no other alt without except for with the ex the the, uh, the exception of China, because China is also they're actively building their space station right now. And they're doing it at a kind of like breakneck speed. So they're building out this thing because, of course, the United States will not work with China on um, kind of uh, space stuff. We'll work with Russia. We won't work with China. Um and so China's decided, okay, we're just going to build our own, right? That's why they have their own lunar program. That's why they have their own. So, so they're rapidly building out this um, their uh, space station while we're going to decommission this. And there's nothing being put in its place. Why that matters, as you've heard me say a thousand one times on the show, is that because they are basically opening the doors to privatization of kind of um, near Earth orbit, kind of orbital stuff, and kind of what's going to happen on um, a lunar, you know, a, a kind of in their lunar program. And this matters in the sense because we've basically taken all of this money, right, all of the resources, and we've shifted it to the ultra billionaires, right? We've given it to them, and their hobby horses is space, right? And that's what they're going to do with this stuff. And if they're basically allowed to take all this accumulated capital, which let's be clear, they took it from us, right, are accumulated for this particular kind of project for their own private gain. And now as, say, as kind of citizens of different countries, we are now going to be paying those companies, right, for permission to use their spaces, right? And that's this kind of shift, right? And again, I, I because I've been, I am such a sci-fi geek and I've spent so much time thinking about the way that science fiction is kind of, is one of these ways that we think about kind of possibilities of the future and reflect upon our own structures. What is happening right now is basically, you know, it, it's like the enclosure acts of space all over again, right? We're watching the kind of like pre-capitalist kind of accumulation in kind of like uh, when we're talking about um, space exploration. Now, where it goes from there, all the fantasies that people have about what's going to happen out there, that's a separate question. Um, but in terms of the resources that are going to be available, because that's what they care about, um, this is what, um, this is what we're doing. We're basically handing the keys over to Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and kind of um, and on the military industrial complex, basically. So happy space flying, everybody. That's where we're going. Um, but in January 2031, um, we're all going to witness this as the International Space Station is, uh, at least as the plan says, they're going to be making it into a controlled descent to crash it into the Pacific Ocean. Um, and I will personally say I will weep a little bit on that day because uh, I just find it so incredibly fascinating. So anyways, that's my space news for the week. So fun. So Amy, let's, let's tell a little bit about that. We've been talking about, you know, um, after our last, after kind of one of our last out to coop, out to coop live and mentioned this experiment that was going on in Philadelphia, where they're actually experimenting with, um, some stuff with basic income. I think it's like, they have mm -hmm. 60 people that they're actually going to be paying, um, 500 bucks. What is it? 500 bucks a month or a week? Yeah. Um, it's, it's five, it's $500 a month. Um, I do believe it's for 12 months. Mm -hmm. That's how generally the programs work. Um, yeah, I was, really excited to hear about this uh philadelphia is one of those cities that i think would definitely benefit um from these type of programs uh they have actually there's been other uh universal basic income programs or uh supplemental income programs are called too um in other places that were started actually a few years ago um and out west that they they've been definitely more i think popular um at least in the terms of of cities 
willing to try. Mm -hmm. um, and in the article that I, who was it, WHYY had uh, published about the, the one going in in Philly, um, they had talked about the, uh, in Stockton, California, they have a program and it's called SEED. It's mm -hmm. the, uh, it's an acronym, it stands for the Stockton Economic Empowerment. Uh, hold on a minute. Well, anyway, it's the, <laughs> sorry, it's, oh, here it is, the Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration. I always forget what the D stands for in it, um, but they've had a lot of success, right? And it was the same type of uh, framework that Philadelphia is going to be using for the 500 a month for a whole year. Um, and they had really good results, but there's also another uh, UBI program that I caught my attention the other year. Um, I was actually looking for research projects to do and I came across the Magnolia Mothers Trust. Um, and it is a, a supplemental income program based in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, which is in the deep south. Uh, Mississippi is, I think, at the bottom of the states for infrastructure, healthcare, uh, you know, anything. It's, it's pretty bad. It's a pretty depressed state. Um, and it's operated under this organization called Springboard to Opportunities, right? So, and I don't want to give like too much away, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but I've been, yeah, but I, I ended up doing this huge project on it. Um, and one of the unique things is that the Magnolia's Mother's Trust was only offered to uh, single mothers of African-American descent. Um, and they started off with a thousand, a thousand dollars a month uh, for a whole year. Um, and, you know, basically the success has been it's been so inspiring um, to read about these women whose lives have been transformed just by receiving some extra cash a month, right? With no strings attached, with no having to prove that you're working or this or that or any of the any of the red tape, right? That comes with welfare programs, especially in the deep south. Um, so, and I'm going to be talking more about it. I'm going to talk about um, the uh, CEO of Springboard to Opportunities. Her name is Dr. Aisha Nayandora. She's fabulous. Um, I can give you all kinds of links and stuff too if anybody's interested in checking out her work. Uh, but basically the Magnolia Mothers Trust is in its third year um, and it doesn't look like it's gonna be stopping anytime soon. So I just really wanted to point out like how I think a program, especially like this one, could benefit um, women in Philadelphia. Excellent, excellent. So we're going to have, I think we're, we're talking about doing that, trying to kind of hit that in about, kind of in a couple of weeks, right, to kind of come back to that. So we'll let everybody yeah. know about when we're when we're going to come back and do this. We'll dig into that, look a little bit more, a little more in depth of what they're planning in Philadelphia. Amy's got a ton of stuff on this. I can't wait um, for you to have you back on the show um, to talk about that. And, uh, and, and who knows what other kind of like travesties are going to be like, <laughs> infringed upon us in the meantime. So we'll be back for that too as well. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm excited. Crazy. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been awesome having you here. I know that people are excited uh, to that you're going to be on the show today. And uh, I, I, I can't tell you, like, you know, it's like a simple thing just like this. Like when you said, okay, look, you know, hey, there's this Right for Bucks organizing thing. They've got an open Zoom meeting. Let me go check it out and see what's there. Whoa. Can we learn a lot from like simple things like this, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Well, great. Listen, have a, a, a safe and uh, a good weekend. I hope it doesn't kind of do cr too crazy with the storm and all this stuff. Um, but stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
All right, you too. You got it. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in today. Appreciate it. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. We will be back uh, on Monday. We had a guest plan, but then they had to pull out. So uh, I'm looking to put this up together for Monday. Cyril will be back on the show next Wednesday and next Friday. Um, keep your ears to the ground. See ya.